Welcome to the podcast, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the incredible students, staff, and community we have here in the Cache County School District. We're your hosts. I'm Tim Smith. And I'm Gary Thomas. Join us as we hit the road to visit schools across the district and explore what makes learning in Cache County such an awesome adventure. Today we're here at Mountain Crest Pool where the Ridgeline High School swim team is practicing. We're excited to visit with Sarah Miranda, a junior at Ridgeline who has competed internationally as a Paralympic swimmer. Sarah, thanks for meeting with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, we're excited. How long have you been swimming? Um, I've been swimming for about eight years, but when I was a baby, I would swim as a therapy. So I've been in the pool my entire life, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you decide to pursue swimming uh, as a Paralympic sport? Well, uh, when I was younger, I was in gymnastics, and I loved it. And one time, we were watching the Olympics, and I said, I want to go there. And then I realized, well, there's no uh, Paralympics for gymnastics. And the other option was swimming, and I'm like, okay, I, whatever gets me to the Olympics is what I want to do. So as uh, so I got in the pool, it was cold, it was uncomfortable at first, but I loved it, and now it's just my favorite sport ever. Oh, that's wonderful. So this has been a goal of yours yeah. most of your life? Since I was like, what, seven? Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. <laughs> now explain the difference between Paralympics and Special Olympics. So the Special Olympics is a private event, and it's mo mostly for people with intellectual disabilities. And the Paralympics is for people with physical disabilities. Like for me, for example, I have a, a spina bifida, which is like a problem in my spine. Stuff like that, more physical, uh, also for people that are blind. So that's the difference. So how does spina bifida make swimming a challenge for you? Um, well, I cannot really kick as much as my teammates can, so mostly my legs, when I'm, if I'm trying to kick butterfly, otherwise they would just drag around. And I've worked my technique around it, so it's not as much of a problem anymore, but it was an issue because, well, of course I'm going to be slower than everybody else if I, if I don't have the kick to help me. So most of my swimming is completely upper body. It's been a struggle, but I will technique work and most of the time it's just not something I really think about. It's just, my legs are just there. I move them sometimes, but um, my coach has told me, well, if you try to kick a lot, it's going to drag you down because you're gonna get more tired. So to overcome that as an athlete, you really had to build your upper body strength. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's, it hasn't been hard because I use my crutches, lifting your body weight daily to walk. So it's made my upper build really strong. So Sarah, uh, I don't know if our listeners can hear the, the Ridgeline swim team is practicing in the background mm -hmm. and you can hear them out there in the pool. Tell us about um, how you train with the Ridgeline swim team. The Ridgeline swim team to me has been really welcoming. When I started my junior year in Ridgeline, that's when I joined the Ridgeline swim team and there were a bunch of changes and I was not used to high school swimming prior. So of course it came as a shock that the team was so big. And you know, at first I was like, wow, there's a bunch of like really quick swimmers and I can't compare. But I've learned that comparing myself to conventional swimmers is kind of a counterproductive because it's obvious that I cannot at their level, but I'm doing the best I can at my level, and I'm good at my level. I feel the 
how everybody just supports each other whenever we can. We, uh, I, uh, swimmers culture, whenever they're swimming, we go to the other side of the land and scream at each other to go faster, go faster. And that's something I really do enjoy. And for our listeners, just to understand, uh, Maricela, uh, Sarah's mom is here in the background, uh, probably her biggest fan. So <laughs> she, uh, yeah. she is amazing. She has, she and my dad, my parents have supported me the most out of this whole journey. They're awesome. I'm really grateful to have them by, by my side. They're, uh, they really have been like the biggest inspiration because they're like, sometimes I'm not motivated to keep going. Sometimes I just don't want to go to practice because it's cold, I'm tired, all this stuff. But it's pure discipline. And when I'm tired and I don't want to do something, I say, well, the metal is going to feel really good. So it's just discipline that I hang on to and they encourage it a lot. They've, they've encouraged it all my life. What's happened with a bunch of people that we were born with disabilities, parents tend to shelter them. But my parents, they've encouraged me to be independent. They've supported me in every crazy idea I've ever had and my sport and everything. And I'm just really thankful to have them by my side. <laughs> That's quite a tribute to your parents. That's cool. So you really belong to two teams. There's this team here at Ridgeline, yes. but then you've got this family team of your parents yeah, that really, definitely. really help. Maricela, uh, you've kind of sat in the background through this interview. Um, and we mentioned that you're your daughter's biggest fan. But will you talk just about... Uh, how you feel about your daughter's uh, participation in the Paralympics as a swimmer and competing and and what that means to you as a mother and family member. Desde un inicio fue un un reto muy grande porque en la familia de mi esposo So I'm translating it. what she's saying is that well from the very beginning it was a surprise because neither me or my husband's family has anybody with disability. So it was a surprise that we were we would have to deal with that. But we said, well, it's just something that happens. We'll deal with it perfectly. And we pushed through. And we never gave her any limits. She's been doing things with adrenaline since she was younger. She's gone skiing. She's gone roller coaster. She's gone all the things that she wants to do. And we never wanted to create more of a disability by keeping, keeping her sheltered so she would have the freedom to do what she wanted and to never limit her to just her disability. And we just decided that that's how it was going to be and we pushed through and it was just something really awesome. Yeah. Sarah, I want to just add a, um, we didn't do a recognition of where you're from. Tell us where you're from originally and why you're swimming internationally. So I'm from Costa Rica. That's, uh, I lived there for 12 years. Uh, you know, we speak Spanish over there. It's my first language still. Um, and we just moved over here because my dad got a really good, good job. And we moved to California about four years ago. And actually, I think today is the anniversary of when we moved to the United States. So, yeah, we moved over here exactly five years ago. We moved to California, and then we moved here to Utah in April. I love my Costa Rican like, team. They're, they're awesome. Uh, their names are Camila, Esteban, and Nathan. They're really awesome, and they're really good swimmers, too, and I, I admire them a lot for what they do. And when we travel together, it's really fun. 
My coach's name is Ricardo Prada. The main helper, I guess, of my Costa Rican swim team is my coach that helped me. And that we, we really only see each other at events, but he helps me as much as he can from afar. My mom sometimes records my swimming so he can fix my techniques. And everything I do, he's like, okay, move your arm a little bit more. He is extremely supportive and I, I would not be where I am without him, without my parents' help. They're just amazing. The, the, the support team that I have is, I'm really privileged to have all of them. <laughs> How did you end up in Cash Valley? Um, it, the same story, really. My dad got a new job. <laughs> okay, from California to <laughs> here. From California, to okay. and then they were like, move to Utah. And then we were like, okay. I have to say I'm not a fan of the winter. Uh, it's it's snowy. Uh, the floor is slippery, and my crutches are not slippery proof. But in your in the pool, you're a natural. It doesn't yeah. matter what outside's doing. So what I like in the pool is that I'm not touching the floor at all. I'm just floating, so it doesn't feel like I have to depend on, or well, rather my inability to walk normally. So I don't have to worry that I'm not that I walk differently, that I'm not like everybody else, because I'm, I'm swimming like everybody else. It's just, it's not, I don't feel that much of a difference when I'm in the water. That's awesome. You swam in Mexico. Tell us where else you've swam. Um, I swam in Nicaragua. That was I like a month after I moved to the United States, which was crazy to be like, oh yeah, I'm in the US and now I have to go swim in Nicaragua, which is like not right next to my country. So it was, it was really fun. I really enjoyed Nicaragua. I've been to Colorado, uh, Texas. Um, Indianapolis. Yeah, Indianapolis. I loved Indianapolis. The pool there was awesome. Jucaipa. Uh, Jucaipa is a place in California. We, we were pretty close to there. And I still liked it a lot, the pool. The pool uh, apparently Michael Phelps swam in at some point. So that was like, oh, wow. wow, I'm here. That's really cool. Um, yeah, North Carolina. She, she remembers it more than I do. Um, and then what Mexico else? Parts. Yeah, Mexico. The first time I went to Mexico was 2017. And that was my first international event. So I hold that deal into my heart. And I still own the shirt that doesn't fit me that I won. Because I, I, I'm not going to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> so this Paralympic event that's coming up in um, June, it's like a really like one really close stepping stones to the actual Paralympics. So it's yeah. a huge event for me that I have to do well in. Walk us through that. How do you qualify for the Paralympics? What's your, so what's your baseline there? It's like um, there's 14 categories. And okay. what they do is they evaluate you and your physical shape as to how your disability affects your swimming. So there's four strokes in swimming, walk and different distances. Walk us through what are your best events? What are you competing in? There's a difference between my best ones and my favorite ones. Okay, good. Because I really do enjoy the 400 freestyle. And it's a long one and it's really tiring, but I enjoy it because I'm really good at it. Um, My coach really likes me doing backstroke. I'm not a fan of backstroke, but I'm really good at it, so I do it. Um, I'm good at the 50 freestyle, and my favorite drug is butterfly. 
And one of the events that I can do, like that, that are not available for conventional swimming, are like 50s in every stroke. Because I've never known for this team, for example, to do a 50 butterfly. And when I went into the 50 butterfly, I love the story. I well, I did a time, and then I I qualified to final. So I swam the 50 butterfly in the morning. I got like a 59. And then my coach was like, okay, fix this, move your arms a little wider. And he made a lot of corrections in my, in my technique. And then in the afternoon, I dropped like eight seconds. Wow. So that was a huge thing and just made me really realize that I really do enjoy butterfly because I can really adapt it to me and to my upper body strength. Well, what an inspiring young woman and athlete. Let's take a moment now to talk with her swim coach, Taryn McEwen. So, Taryn, first I want to just congratulate you on your state championship last year. That was exciting to see Ridgeline pull that off. So, nice job. Thank you. Yeah, it was exciting. So, how long have you been coaching? Um, for seven years when the school started, that's when I started working. Tell us, um, just speak to Sarah, about Sarah specifically and um, her in, as an athlete and, and how you and the team are working with her specifically. I think Sarah's in a, you know, a unique and difficult position um, where she has some very specific goals that high school actually doesn't help facilitate in regards to the amount she can swim, the variation of uh, races that she can do. Um, and that's been hard, I think, for her to have to navigate and adjust for that. On the flip side, what's really great is she gets to swim with her peers which in um, age group, she's not always um, in the same age grouping uh, based on her ability and the ability of that team. So I think that that has actually been really good for her, her self-esteem and having friends her own age that she's, I can see her really developing some good friendships there. So I think in that regard, high school swimming has been awesome for her. What impresses you about Sarah as a swimmer? Uh, I think that she doesn't get afraid to try anything. And uh, a few races, I've been the one that's afraid to put her in them. So I'll ask her dad or I'll ask Sarah, how do you feel about this? Do you think you're ready for that? And I think they're looking at me like, take the training wheels off. We've already been ready. So she's taught me a lot of put her in it. Let's see how she does. And then we can collect and assess what we need to do to how to train differently after the fact. So that has been really a neat lesson that I've seen her work through and teach me as well. Is this the first Paralympic that you've coached? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit how that's different and how you help her. To be it's actually, to I don't cater anything to her. And maybe that is not right, but I go, I'm at this level and you come up to me. And I think that that has really been good for her that I don't see her with a disability. I just see an athlete and there's only, I only know one way to train an athlete. Taryn, you talked about um, Sarah has goals, but you have different goals for your team. And so how has Sarah's teammates, how have they helped push her to achieve her goals? And how has she maybe helped push your team to achieve their goals, even though they're different goals? It's interesting because you see that you wouldn't necessarily see that they would intersect in any way. Mm -hmm. um, but it is awesome to see that they have to share a lane. So you're working with like, how does that work? The lane management of someone who never kicks because she does not kick but I 60% of my workouts is kicking. And um, I don't alter anything for Sarah. She comes and lifts weights. I feel like she is really, really strong. Um, and I, I feel like our goals, they can be separate, but we will get to them. Um, they might diverge 
a little bit, but we'll come back together. I mean, she she beats girls on my team. I mean, she's faster than, you know, a lot of girls on the team already. So it doesn't have any, I don't see it as a difference in any way. Hopefully I can get her to her goals, but um, it really depends on her. So um, I don't think that we're so much different. It, I don't categorize it as you have different goals than me. I feel like we're on the same train going to the same destination. And um, we just try to every day add drop after drop of winning that day to get to that big goal. So Taryn, as you think about Sarah and, and her strengths, whether it be in the pool or out of the pool, what, what do you see as maybe her three biggest strengths? Um, I would say that Sarah has a lot of determination. I've noticed that um, um, I think what's actually been interesting is she does not like to ask for help. So maybe this is a fault that you have is she doesn't like to ask for help. Um, but she has learned to accept help, which is hard, right? I think we all, it's hard to accept that we need help sometimes. Um, but she's very determined to get to where she needs to go and do what she needs to do. Uh, that's been really interesting. I think that she's gotten a lot tougher um, through, I don't know necessarily through me, but through this process of um, being here. So I think she's resilient. So I think that that has been really good. And then I just think she doesn't, she doesn't give up. She has stuff that she wants to work for. And she, um, if I'm doing something and maybe her, she's not, she can't quite do what we're doing. She doesn't just sit and do nothing. She figures out a way to part be participating in what we're doing. And I think that is very admirable for sure. What do you see as the value, not only for Sarah, but for, for other high school athletes with competitive sports? How does that help a, a kid at this age? Uh, athletics, I love athletics. I feel like it is such a great conduit to teach you so many things in life. Um, and being able to collect themselves up and learn like uh, the world didn't end because we lost that, whatever it was. And um, you really add like self-esteem when you make promises to yourself that you're keeping. You learn how to show up every day. You're accountable to something else. Someone else is depending on you. You work together to come to a common goal. All of those things you need as an adult later on in life. You sound like an excellent coach. Oh. <laughs> um, you're, you're not only coaching these kids for swimming, but you're coaching them for life. You're giving them some life skills uh, for later. So thank you for what you do. Yeah, and, and thank you for taking some time away from your practice today. I know you've got kids out there in the pool and they probably are expecting you. So they're like, mom, but where are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I know. It's been fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sarah, you said your next competition, I believe, is in Columbia, and yes. that's in June. Is there any way that our listeners can, is there any way we can watch it, that we can cheer you on? How does that work? Uh, most of the time, Paralympic meets are live streamed on Facebook. Okay. So uh, I would be like going to the Paralympics page on Facebook. And yeah, and they're live stream over there. I don't, another way to help would probably be following the Paralympic account on Instagram. Because most people tend to ignore the Paralympics. After the Olympics are over, it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's over. But then the Paralympics happen, and it's like less watched than the Olympics. So now that that page is making the Paralympics way more popular, it's, a, it's really nice to see that we're getting attention too. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and talking with us and, to be honest, to, to inspire us and our listeners. So thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot, too. You know, it's always fun to meet with our students and hear about their amazing pursuits and accomplishments. We can't wait to see how far Sarah goes in her upcoming competitions. And I'll look forward to seeing her in the Olympics. It's going to be fun to watch. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for listening to our podcast. 
the podcast posts bi-weekly, so make sure that you tune in and listen. And be sure to visit our website at www.ccsdut.org forward slash podcast, where there's more info about today's episode as well as pictures.